What is good, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Pegasus Media Podcast. I am your host, Carlos Fierro. I'm here with my co-host. I'm Mondo, and we have okay, there quite we go. the list. I got, I got... Indeed. We got nothing but bangers on this show. It's kind of like any Eminem album. And a lot of rumors. All right, so starting off, we have... Rumors for Barcelona. We have Gavi transferring to Liverpool for a small sum of forty-two million. Yeah, I love how we're just saying that's a small sum, but what we would wish, what we would die do to have forty-two million. <laughs> but yeah, it is damn. That is that's crazy. And especially after what happened today in Liverpool, Liverpool, that team would be unstoppable. What are your opening thoughts about hearing that news? I honestly don't know what they're thinking, like what the motive is behind it. I think giving up Gavi to a team that depends so much on him as part of their midfield, I just think that is a stupid move trying to... Trying to move a guy like him. Yeah, and like, it's, it's still, I, I, it'd be really dumb, like you said. And I don't know why Barca would do that, but if Liverpool can get him for that, for that cheap, go out and get him. Liverpool's unstoppable, man. Liverpool might be one of the best teams in the world if they get him. It's like, and. Yeah. Easily. What? Right now. It's manifesting nicely in Barcelona. How could he fit or adapt to a team in the Prem? Oh, the kid, the, he, he'll be just fine. I, I have no doubt that he would. That he would fit in Liverpool, especially what we've seen this season from from Jurgen Klopp's side. Liverpool is just amazing, man. Liverpool's Liverpool is literally as as we stand right now on top of the Premier League. They they've been dominant. It's 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 crazy. They, it's. This team is really darn good, and they have really. Really good. They have like some really good players. Like it's, it's very. This Liverpool squad is scary. All right, we have Antonio Rudiger and two big men for Chelsea could be acquired by Real Madrid. Antonio Rudiger on a free transfer and Reese James for 40 mil. That'd be beautiful. <laughs> that would be absolutely beautiful if we can get those two guys. Reese James might be one of the most underrated, underappreciated players in the world. And Rudiger, he's just he's just amazing. That 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 would be such a big acquisition for those would be two huge signings for Real Madrid. 
Now, if we can get those two moves, plus maybe get like a big name in like in summer, like maybe an Mbappe, maybe like I don't know, a Lewandowski or out oh, to hell with it. Maybe like bring back Ronaldo. That'd be like this team would be really good. It's it's, it's definitely definitely interesting. I would I would love for it to happen. I think that would make Real Madrid undoubtedly one of the best teams in the world. They would only be getting these two elite players for only forty million. Because one of them Yeah, that'd be like you guys Yeah, that'd be that'd be beautiful. That yeah, really good for free. Steal. steal, yeah. Literally. <laughs> I I think by free transfer they mean like Angelotti's just gonna go kidnap the man. <laughs> Just gonna like sneak up at the middle of the night while he's sleeping and just steal him and then force him to play for us. Which is, if that happens, sure, why not? I'll take it. It's, it's like a lot of this is yeah, the really summer transfer window. Damn, something bit me in my shoulder. Yeah, I really get would not be signing again. And that was before they yeah, I mean, they got eliminated in the champions. By the GOAT, Karim Benzema. The GOAT. So, yeah, I think it, it, it'd, be, it'd be a really good fit here in Madrid, especially since we have Toni Kroos and since we have, like... So, there's that little connection. So... It'd be really interesting to see. It's, that's why I honestly think this transfer window, this summer transfer window, might be one of the best transfer windows we've had in a very long time. We could see Hal. We we're gonna see Haaland go. We could see Lewandowski leave. We could see Mbappe leave. We can see like a lot of. We we might see Ronaldo leave. It's like a big transfer window, and I'm really excited for it. And another underrated player, I think, for what this guy well, he is highly underrated. Gavi Gol could be joining Atletico Madrid in this summer market. Atletico Madrid, god damn it, man. You're choosing the wrong Madrid. You want to win Champions Leagues in Spanish and La Liga's come to Real Madrid. That's where it's at, man. <laughs> but good for Atletico. They kind of do need something. That, that'd be an interesting... I don't know how he would fit with uh, with Simeone's system, though. So that, that that's going to definitely be interesting to see. It'd be really interesting. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm very excited to see what happens in this summer transfer window. Me too. A lot of interesting moves. I expect some shocking moves to happen. Now, speaking I mean, of yeah, we've shocking, seen, we've seen shocking moves Manchester today. City has signed Erling Haaland for five hundred thousand euros a week. Jesus Christ, this man is 19. 
This man's like 20 years old and is about to be paid more than fucking half, half the U.S. Damn, man. But how about Manchester City? They said, a, I th- yeah, it was last episode that they that we spoke about how they said they wanted to go out and get him whatever it, t- it takes. And, bro, they did. It was... How do you think this changes the Premier League? How scared should everyone in the Premier League be right now? I think this changes everything. Like the Prem is not the easiest, but it's not that hard to dominate. Yeah. And Erling Haaland is by far one of the best youngsters I have ever seen. This kid is... He will get on the right track from the start. Yeah. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be big, man. That team is going to be scary. That team, Manchester City, is so good. It's ridiculous. And now that they have Haaland, bro, it kind of hurts. It, it hurts to see him go to City. I wish he would have come to, like, Madrid or Barca. That would have been nice. But, yo, that, that City team is going to be very, very, very fun to watch. And maybe they get new fans because, bro, they need fans. Poor Manchester City got no fans. Man, but Holland, holy cow. I mean, I think he might, I'm going to go bold. I think he might be the best, the greatest youngster. Um, to go to the Premier League since the since the young Cristiano Ronaldo, like I think he might be the next Cristiano Ronaldo going to like Manchester City. I it's think he be... would definitely make as big an impact as Ronaldo did, if not if not a bigger impact. Like it's it's very it's gonna be very interesting because Haaland is one of the best players in the world. He's Arguably the greatest youngster in the world, so it's 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 it, it was basically a no brainer for for Pep mm. and good for him. Truly an amazing move, and one can only dream of the things they'll accomplish. Yeah, but that then puts more pressure on Manchester City, similar to what to the expectations that PSG's had this season when they signed Messi. It's win the Champions League or nothing for Manchester City once they get Haaland because that team that team currently without Haaland is competing for the Premier League title. With Haaland, this team should just like run away with it. But now, can you get it done in the Champions League is the real question. Luckily, Haaland will not be playing against Real Madrid. But Thank next you. year... Manchester City better put their boots on because they have quite the expectations now. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's gonna be a lot of bright lights in at in the Etihad next season. So it's gonna be very interesting. The Premier League is about to turn into one of the most must watched 
leagues in the world, even though it's already been that for years. But it's going to be very interesting. Indeed. Indeed. And, well, one team is preparing for the future. Liverpool is dominating right now. Jesus. Yeah, Liverpool just, these guys played incredible today. Absolutely demolished Manchester United, but what else is new? But a ma- four nil. Yeah, a man united with no Cristiano Ronaldo for obvious reasons. A sad occasion for the Ronaldo family and I, for the football world. Not just for the football world. I I dare to say the entire world. Yeah. A very sad day. We're definitely very saddened to hear about Ronaldo's son, and we wish that family nothing but the best in love. So sad. sad. Yeah, and in the seventh minute. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that was kind of messed up. They score in the seventh minute, bro. And I mean, like, in the seventh minute, they applauded R- R- Ronaldo for, like, agreeing with him. Like, yeah. That man, I mean, yeah. Love him or hate him, you can't deny what a great person and great player he is. I mean, for a guy like him to go through something like this, yeah, he's about to come back on God mode. I mean, this this goal was this game was like Liverpool came out to dominate. Liverpool came out to dominate. Mots, Salah and Mane showed why they might be the greatest left and right wing combination the world has ever seen. <laughs> because good God, these guys look like demigods out there today. Yeah. Yeah, but some people are calling Ronaldo the problem. And today, the day he didn't play, Liverpool came out to play. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I don't think if you have a brain and you're logically thinking, I don't think you could possibly say Ronaldo's the problem. He's, it's, it's not... <laughs> But yeah, I think, look, Manchester United is really struggling right now. I don't think that they're definitely really struggling right now. And like, it was a tough, tough, it's been a tough season. It's been a tough year to be a Manchester United fan because, like, you expect so much out of a club that has so much history behind the name, behind, like, the red, red and, like, the, the red devils, man. You expect so much from them, and they've just been. They've just been disappointments. Yeah, and other guys they have, and they just can't seem to get it together. Yeah. It's like... It's, it's definitely an issue. It's, it's chemistry. It's a lot of things, man. Like, Man United and Liverpool, this game proved that Manchester United... this. This was a bad game for Man United. This has been a very bad year for Man United. 
and it's time to rebuild. It is, and with the new coach and that this he has, let's see what he can pull together. Yeah, and I mean, like, they got to fix this fast, man. Like, you got people from Manchester already calling this team. And I think it might be safe to say this might be the worst Manchester United team in Man United history. That is debatable, but I can totally see it. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, in terms of... This roster Manchester United has, like, it's they they have a team to be superstars. Like this team should not be where they are right now. They have literally lost more games than they than I could. This is bad, man. You when you lose to teams like Wolves. When you don't, when you tie to Newcastle, when you tie to young boys in the Champions League, bro, when you lose that, when you lose as bad as you, when you lose to Everton and you barely, you almost lost to Norwich and now you get destroyed by Liverpool, it's, it's a, it's a bad season. And now they have to go to, they got to play Arsenal on this weekend. That, that isn't looking very good for Manchester United either. No. No, it's not. They're like... Like earlier, as you said, they are like the PSG. They have all these guys. And... Well, not like PSG, but like in a sense, like PSG had... All these guys couldn't do they were the champions. And Manchester United, with the roster they have, they can't, they're worse they should than not be able to play this badly. Well, they're worse than PSG because PSG at least is probably more than likely going to deliver the, the League One title. Manchester United couldn't deliver in the champions. They're not delivering in the Prem. <clears throat> Hell, they might not even be in the Europa League next season. They might be playing in the Confederates League. Man, that is the boot. That is literally the shittier version of the Europa League. So you'd be playing in the shittier version of a shittier version of the Champions. As Manchester United, man, that is uh, that is straight up disgraceful, dude. It's like you're you have history, man. It it brings it's bad, man. It's really really bad when you're a team of this caliber, and you can't. And you can't really do anything. Yeah. It's sad, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you get outplayed. Basically, if it wasn't for Cristiano Ronaldo, they would have lost that game against Norwich next last week. Ronaldo's hat-trick saved them. They were up 2-0, and then you literally just let them score two unanswered goals. And then Ronaldo... if Man, if he doesn't make that free kick, you we're, we are talking about a completely different story right now. They would barely be holding on to six. They'd barely be holding on at all. 
like it's it's bad because like And I look at the remaining schedule. It is not easy. It's not easy. They will play Arsenal on Saturday. Then they go to... Then they play Chelsea on Thursday. Then they have Brentford. They have Bridgington, (laughs) Crystal Palace. But then they close out the season with Liverpool, Melbourne, and Crystal Palace. Those those last three games are club. You close out the season with Liverpool and and you, it's bad, man. The schedule isn't easy, so I don't know what Manchester United's gonna do. And even towards the season, and the fight always gets harder. That's true. I mean, it's the end. Exactly. I mean, it's bad when you drop points that you really should be winning. Like it's you can't be dropping the points to teams like um, Southampton to Burnley. You can't be tying those games. Those are must-win games. Like I go back even into like December, Arsenal almost beat them. They barely won three-two. They tied to Young Boys earlier in the season. Like you have to like. This team has to figure it out over the summer because they've been bad all season. Ain't no better way to say it. I mean, yeah. I mean, they lost 4-2 to to Leicester City. Like, who? who, that's, that's, That's the problem, man. All right, next up, we have an NBA playoff update for you guys. Sweet Chihuahua Mama. The playoffs have been something very fun to watch. All right, last time, the we gave you... The teams that have won the first game of the first round. And some games have been played since then. Yes. We gave you the playing games, but the first round has been something else, man. This first round's been very fun. I mean, where do we start? I mean, how about that Jazz Mavericks game, game one, man? That was crazy. That was a very fun game. Yeah, I mean, the game went without Luka Doncic, and they still managed to pull that win. Yeah, I mean, like, you were that close. I mean, the fact that Dallas kept it that close, Utah ended up winning the game 99-93. But the fact that they played without Luca, and they were still able to keep it that close was big, man. It was very, very good to see. And last night, I don't think Luca played either. And 
Dallas won one oh four to one ten. Yeah, the, the Dallas is a strong team without Luca. And how about the Minnesota Timberwolves? Man, one thirty one seventeen victory in game one in Memphis. How serious are the Timberwolves? The Timberwolves have nothing left to lose. Yeah, I mean, they they came in here playing with nothing to lose. That's why I did pick them over the Grizzlies. So, it's, it's Minnesota's been playing so good. They played very well. Carl Anthony Towns had 29-13-3 in game one. That was crazy. Then we saw Toronto-Philadelphia in a controversial series because of the refereeing. What are your thoughts on this series so far? Um, Toronto has been playing as hard as they can, but they cannot cannot get past the team that is Philadelphia. Yeah. And I mean... They're currently down 2-0 in that series. Yeah, I I'm regretting picking them over the Sixers, and it's, it's it's Philadelphia's played really well. The refs have helped a lot as well, but it's this really these guys are insanely talented. And then the Warriors have dominated the Nuggets. Game one, winning one twenty three one oh seven with a struggling Stephen Curry. But Jordan Poole, how about what? How about his last two games? Thirty points in game one, twenty nine in game two. What do you make of this new version of Jordan Poole we're seeing? Jordan Poole is becoming part of the Smash Brothers. Now a formerly now forming a splash trio, if you will. Exactly. The it's they go from brothers to triplets, man. They making it wet. Last night they made it rain harder than the Niagara Falls, brother. Steph Curry just came out here and he finally showed up in the playoffs. Clay Thompson was a thing of beauty. This Warriors team is scary, bro. They are up two nothing against the Nuggets. What a what a team. And the Miami Heat blowing out the Atlanta. Woo! By 24 points, 91 to, to 115. They are currently playing game two right now. It's a closer game than the game on, on Sunday. Yes, that's They're because of another. Only <laughs> Man, we were, we were live at the Heat-Hawks game. That atmosphere was loud. That might be like the most fun I've ever had at a at a basketball game. That was so loud. And the Heat, how about the how about the Heat's defense? The Heat, they managed to perfectly shut down Trey Young. Trey Young was a terrible eight percent from the field. Only yeah, points. I mean, yes, that, that game he was—he truly was ice tray. <laughs> ice tray went ice cold. Well, this man was ice cold, colder than than like a poor little polar bear. Man, Miami, this is big. This was a very big statement for the Heat, and Butler had twenty-one, 
in that game. Duncan Robinson was insane, man. That play, that man looked like Stephen Curry. Steph, Steph Curry. Yeah, Duncan was three away from thirty, and Treyong was one for twelve from the field. Zero for seven from three. I mean, that is not a good. That's not good if you're a superstar, man. And he got most of his points from the free throw line. And then the Celtics versus the Nets. That game was close. An epic atmosphere down to the wire. Jason with that outstanding buzzer beater, the spin move to the layup. Truly incredible. Man, it had a lot of drama. People saying KD was scared. KD choked, man. Let's be fucking, let's be very clear. He choked. He didn't want anything part. He didn't want to guard Tatum. And how about Kyrie Irving giving the finger to those fans? Kyrie being Kyrie. Wanted like Celtics fans to to not agitate him as much. You know, it's been three years since he left. Cool it down a little bit. Yeah, and then he proceeds to give think, defensive angles. I don't think the Celtics fans did anything. I think it was just... Kyrie decided to give them a Kyrie, Kyrie. Kyrie decided to flip off some fans, I think. Exactly. Yeah, probably. I love how Kyrie's literally saying, hey, I want love. I'll give you guys love. It's basically... The same thing of say it's basically going it's basically like going to church every Sunday, hearing the word from your pastor, and then on Monday you see him smoking crack. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can take the words the guy's word anymore, man. Like Kyrie, man, come on, dude. Even though he did finish that game with close to forty points, thirty nine, six and five. Tatum with 31, 8, and 4 that game. Oh, my God. Sweet baby, Alabama. Yes, I changed the words to Sweet Home Alabama. We do not want to get sued. And Al Horford, 20 points, 15 rebounds. I'm going to be honest, I completely forgot about Al Horford. Me too, honestly. Al Horford's a very, 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 very forgettable player. And last but not least, Milwaukee against Chicago. Now, Milwaukee only won by seven points. So, this should be a very interesting series going forward. Like we said, like we said in our preview, this is going to be one of the more underrated series to watch out for in the playoffs. Going to be interesting to see how Chicago does. And then in a game that I'm willing to bet no one watched because it was very late, the Suns beat the Pelicans 110-99 to take a one nothing lead. Yeah. Chris Paul had 30-10 and 10 and 7. And then last night's action, we mm-hmm. saw the, the Sixers defeating the Raptors in game two. <laughs> To take a two nothing lead. Now, do you think the Sixers could sweep the Raptors? 
I think that is 100% going to happen. I mean, if the Raptors can win one game, that would be a miracle. And it would be. It's it's going to be a very interesting thing. It's going to be very interesting. I think the series is over. I think Philadelphia is just too good. And then plus with everything going on with the refereeing. It's, I think it's, I think this series is over. And I think Golden State versus Denver is over. I think as good as Jokic is, I don't think he can do it alone. And you don't, you, that team doesn't have help. No, they don't. I mean, you have Jamal Murray still injured with that torn ACL. Aaron Gordon not performing as good as he used to in Orlando. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 gonna be tough for guys like Jokic to do it by himself. I mean, like it's Steph Curry. If if the Warriors trio are playing that good, I think the series is over, and I think Golden State's gonna win the championship. Oh, yeah. I think they think after everything that's happened over the last couple of years, they need to. Man, the playoffs are here. God, this is so exciting. I mean, like, it's big. The app, you can tell, like even even not just in the arenas, but like all the buzz around town has been about like the playoffs and the Heat and the Hawks and stuff like that. It's it's a very nice sight to see, and like we have a lot more games to come, and we are very excited. I mean, tomorrow we have Nets, Celtics, Raptors, Sixers. And then the Bucks and the Bulls. Those are going to be some good games. Yeah. Is it just me? Or did they make the playoffs earlier? I feel like they did. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's true, though. But yeah, I don't remember it being this early. Yeah, it's usually around June. Yeah, the, it's already started. I know the finals are in June. I'm guessing they just made it long. They made it earlier because of the uh, play-in tournament. Or maybe to give the players more like more rest in the off season. I don't know. We gotta get Adam Silver on the show. Hopefully one day. As the Heat are up 64-59. There's 9-21 left in the third. It's on TNT. Trey Young's got 18. All right, better than what he had in game one. As man. Jimmy Butler with 24. 
Yeah. Bam doing better than last game with seven. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but true. I mean, like, oh, look, the Heat are very. I will say this about the Heat: they might be like the most dangerous team in out of the playoffs because they they have it all. They have that youth, Tyler and Duncan, and Max Cruz. But then they also got those veterans like a Lowry, like a Tucker, like a Butler, and then you have Bam Adebayo who can basically do it all. And then I mean, like. You saw PJ Tucker, what he can do when he gets on those rolls like he did in the third quarter of game one. And then, like, when, if you ever get Victor Oladipo back, like, that's going to be a very, very key thing for the Heat. Like, will you get Victor Oladipo for the playoffs? I don't see. As much as I would enjoy Victor Oladipo coming back just in time for the playoffs. I mean, he's back. He like, made a, he's made a comeback. And he's, that's a weird thing. He's played the other, he's played, he's he's not listed as an injured reserve. But so, like, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's like a hazard situation when Madrid. Maybe. Maybe it is. But if that's the case. Why go through so much trouble to get one guy that you won't even play? Yeah, I mean, like, he he, he played April 10th against Orlando. So he's played, he played nine days ago. So I don't know why. And he dropped 40 points in that game. So we know he still has it in him. So, like, I wonder why they're not playing him. Maybe like off the court issues or something. Maybe. And speaking of another playoff comeback, Ben Simmons has been cleared for contact, and his return is soon to be determined. Yay! Finally, we can touch Ben Simmons. <laughs> Man, Ben Simmons. I'm gonna be honest. After I've died, I've I've talked so much about this man. I'm I have I'm surprised I have not gotten a lawsuit, or I'm surprised he hasn't shown up at my house to slap me and tell me to keep his name out of my mouth. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know. He just doesn't care anymore. It's. it's I think now. How do you think it's going to impact the Boston series if he if they can get Ben Simmons back? I think. Boston can be a lot more, a lot more defensive. Like, and they might be able to win games. Yeah, I think Brook. Yeah, I agree with you on the fact that you said where Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's going to be very more defensive against Boston. I think they're going to take a couple games if they can get Ben Simmons. Now it's. Going to be very interesting to see what role he comes back in because we obviously know he's never going to shoot the basketball ever. Ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons is not really a scorer Four as much as he thinks he could be. He's not. The man's. Exactly. The, the man is literally a, a male walking NBA version of the Kardashians. 
which just makes sense considering who he, who he's with. Mm-hmm. But I I think all right. So now if they get Ben Simmons, who wins that series? I'm gonna go both here. I still think that Boston is going to win the series. Because even with Brooklyn being more defensive, the main scorers are still going to be Kyrie in the games that he can play and KD. Yeah. I I I I mean here's the thing. It's it helps the fact that Kyrie's now gonna be able to play every single game. So he's not gonna miss any more time. So but it also Man, I think KD's going to have to step up. He's going to have to step up because he did not play well at all against in game one. That last possession was a meltdown. And, like, it's going to be – it's going to have to – the pre- when you're as good as a player as Kevin Durant is, you got to step up when the, when the lights are the brightest, which is now. We are in playoff mode. So, I, st- I agree with you, and I still see Boston winning the series. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to make that big of a deal. Yeah. Now, speaking of Boston winning the series, Marcus Smart has won Defensive Player of the Year. And in doing so, is the first guard since Gary Payton to win it. Hmm. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? I think it could have been a lot better choices than than Marcus Smart. Yeah, I mean, like I look at a lot of I look. I definitely think there were better choices. I look at guys like uh, Mikael Bridges from Phoenix, a uh, a Rudy Gobert. Uh, Bam Adebayo from Miami. I think he he definitely had a very strong case to win it. And uh, I mean, like it it was definitely big. I think Bam. I personally do think Bam could have won it. I think you could have given it to like maybe even someone like a Draymond Green. But I don't. I don't. I got nothing but love for uh, for Marcus Smart. He's actually one of my favorite players, but like I don't think he deserved it, and I don't, I don't think he should have won it. Yeah, like there are so many talented players, not just offensively but defensively, that that most people just overlook Smart, like. Me as one of them, like you count him out. Yeah, I mean, I think Marcus Smart is really good. I think he's one of the best defenders, best perimeter defenders. But I think if we wanted to give it to a guard, I think we could have also. I think someone who did have a really strong case for it was a Drew Holiday from Milwaukee. That man, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. You. You can see how good he really is. Like, that man can get you five to seven steals a night when you need it. Plus, he can drop 30 on your 
he can drop 30 on you at any given moment. So I think I think it's, if we wanted to give it to a guard, Drew Holiday could have been the right answer, but it's, it's definitely weird. I don't agree with it. Let's hope they get the other decisions right. Hopefully. All right. And one last story. Tracy McGrady says that the Kyrie Durant duo is more skilled than LeBron Wade or Jordan and Pippen. Oh my god, is Tracy McGrady out of his damn mind? Okay. Which let's just dive first, let's dive into the take. What do you think about what Tracy McGrady said? I just think there's there's multiple points, multiple POVs to look at this. TikTok. I mean, I think they're definitely one of the most skilled duos. They're one of the most skilled duos when it comes to the in the NBA. I don't, I, I can't put them over Jordan and Pippen. Those guys won six championships together, and I just can't put them over Dwayne Wade and LeBron because of how good they were. If we're being honest, I don't think KD Kyrie was even is even the most dangerous duo that Durant's been able to play with. I think. I'd rather have KD and Russ when they were together. I think they're better than what KD and Kyrie have now. I for sure think KD and Steph were better. And like, it, it's definitely, it's it definitely, but now this brings up the question, where do you think KD and Kyrie rank among all-time great duos? I mean, there are duos that are overrated, I think. Like, overhyped. But I think this is one of the best duos of all time. Probably like top 25. Yeah, I I definitely think the top 25 May I think the top fifteen maybe. I I I think there is a slight case to make them top ten, but I don't think I could even put them top five. Because it's like it's hard to put them over like the great duos that we've seen in this game, like a a Curry and Clay, or a uh, a Kobe and a Shaq, a Stockton and Malone. And then, like, a couple that people really have forgotten, Gary Payton and uh, Sean Kemp, for example, Steve Nash and Amari Stonemeyer, Jason Kidd and Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, all my old heads are going to love me for saying this. Kevin McHale and Larry Bird, Magic and Kareem, bro. That, that team was... They have their own documentary, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Kareem and the Big O. Exactly. Um, 
I mean, Russ and James Harden, Russ and KD, Harden and John Wall. I forgot Harden and John Wall played together. And then, I mean, like, a Dwayne Wade and a Shaq. And then, I mean, like, I think... Then you also look at, like, some of the best current duos. Uh, Holly, uh, Middleton, Giannis. You have um, a Harden and Bede. And then arguably the most dominant, when they're healthy, I still believe this is the best duo in the NBA, Davis and, and LeBron. Like when this, if they could, if they can stay healthy, that's the best key. That's the best defense. That is the best duo in the NBA. And I think they could even make a case that they'd be over, that they would be over Kyrie and Durant all time. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if you see what Kate, K- I mean, Davis and LeBron were able to win a championship in the bubble in the middle of a pandemic. So, so it was really, it was big. It was. And there were so many haters calling it, like, I mean, there's a lot. There's always going to be haters. I definitely yeah. think KD and Kyrie are... And, like, I'm not trying to be a hater. I do think KD and Kyrie are great. I just don't think we can put them up there with the all-time greats. Just yet. Just yet. Maybe they win a championship. Then we can maybe have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Man, but Tracy great. Tracy McGrady. Turning into a Skip Bayless right there. Yeah. Honestly, we should do it. We should literally do an episode where we just, like, get the worst hot takes or we just, like, have people send us their worst hot takes and we just react to it. <laughs> I think that'd be a pretty fun. That'd be pretty fun. That would be very fun to make. Yeah, and, well, guess what? The Miami Heat are winning by 10 now. <laughs> they are now up 80 to 70 with 325 left in the third quarter. So at the pace they're going, I guess it is safe to say this is probably over. That Miami will take game two. Yeah. And I, I honestly two oh. Yeah, and I think like we said when we were at the game and like we said, like we've said to each other privately, I think if they can take game two, the series is over. Miami, and I here's the thing. I could see Miami, especially if Chicago can give Milwaukee problems. Miami could be the team to come out the East. I wouldn't be there. They are my dark horse to to come out of the East because of everything we've seen from them. Guys like Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, P.K. Tucker, when he gets hot, he can be flaming. He can torch an entire defense in a heartbeat. Yeah, and from what we saw in that corner, P.J. Tucker was flaming. Yeah. I mean, like, it's Miami's dangerous. Who is your dark horse out of the West now? Out of the West? Hmm. 
I think at the rate that Minnesota is playing, I'd have them. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I think I think Minnesota could very much shock the world in a lot. Like I don't see them beating a team like the like um like Golden State or like a I don't think that's gonna happen. But like another dark horse I have is whoever wins the Utah Dallas series. Because I think Utah the I think Dallas is gonna win that series. I think Dallas could be a dark horse if they do, especially since we've seen them do it without Luka Dantich in the playoffs. And we see what Spencer Dinwiddie can do. We saw it in game one. We saw it a couple nights ago in game two. And I mean, like, that team has a lot of guys. Tim Hardaway Jr., Kleber, um, Luka, obviously, is sensational. And I honestly think this. I'm going to go bold here. If Dallas, this offseason, can pick up a really, a, a decent big man, if they can pick up someone like a Miles Turner, or like a Nikola Vucevic or something like that, they could be. They are. They could be one of the teams to beat in the West. Indeed. Or if they somehow convince Dirk Nowitzki to come back, <laughs> that'd be a pretty weird conversation. Hey, we retired your jersey, but come back. I don't know if we did this already, but those are dark horses. For me, in the East, uh, the Miami Heat. I have the Heat as the dark horse, not just in the East, but as my dark horse to potentially even win the championship. Because, like, like we said, like we've mentioned a lot, Miami is the most dangerous, and they are the most complete team that we've seen in the playoffs. Because they can shoot the ball. Their defense is out of this world, bro. They just held an all-star in game one to 8% from the field. I think if both of us tried, we could shoot better than 8%. Like, this defense, we play defense like if our lives depended on it. Tyler Hero was off that game and we still won by like over 20 points. And then we see Jimmy Butler is just getting buckets. And, like, it's it's scary because this team, I, I thought the most underrated and most dangerous team of Miami was our 2020 team, the one that got to the bubble, the one that got all the way to the finals. I think this team might be better, and I think this team actually stands a better chance at winning it all than that team did in 2020. And I mean, like, I'm going to go bold here. If teams are, if Golden State, who I have in the final, isn't careful, and Milwaukee isn't careful, Miami could, we could very much be having another, we could be going to another parade in South Beach. That's all I'm saying. I think Miami is capable, and I think all their tools are in their hands to win it all. But like so many things could happen in the playoffs, and by far is Miami going to win that Atlanta series? But if Atlanta somehow 
beats Miami. And Chicago makes it past to the second round. I, I got Chicago. Damn. So hold on. In this hypothetical, Miami loses to the Hawks this series. Yeah. Even though they're up two, even though they're up or no, probably going to be up two. Yeah. And then somehow Giannis and the Bucks choke. Yeah. And then we see. I got Chicago. Who comes? Hold on. In that case, who comes out of that? Then it becomes. Who, who comes out of the, uh, the Brooklyn Boston series? That's going to be a big factor. And then Philadelphia and Toronto. So, okay, in this hypothetical, the the second round is looking like Atlanta, let's say Philly, and Chicago, Boston. What is your Easter Conference Finals looking like? I think it, if Chicago can play right, Chicago, Philly. And you have Chicago out of that one. Yeah. All right. And let's say, who do you have out of the West? Out of the West? So I have Phoenix, Dallas, and Golden State, Minnesota. So. Actually, I don't know that. Those are... Those are pretty good series. Yeah. Who is your Western Conference Finals? Probably Gordon State, Phoenix. Damn, that's 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 a very good conference finals. Who do you have going? Who do you have out of the West? Phoenix or Golden State? I have Golden State. Now, in in this hypothetical world, it's Chicago and it's Golden State. Who wins that series? Golden State. Damn. I mean, I could see Chicago make. I, I, I don't know if I could see Chicago beating Milwaukee in this first round though. Giannis is dangerous, dude. I, I mean, like it's not crazy. It's not as crazy as a glass, mm. but like, I don't. I don't know, man. It's like, it's hard to wrap my my head around Giannis really not be making it out of the first round, and that that'd be like, that'd be they they'd crucify the poor man in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, but Chicago only lost by by seven. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna that's gonna be a series that I know everyone's gonna be keeping an eye on, and I mean like. Here's the thing. I honestly think another thing that could be crazy that is that if Boston gets beats Brooklyn, I think Boston could make it all the way to the finals. Boston Chicago. I think a Boston Chicago Eastern Conference. I don't have Chicago. I have an, an ideal hypothetical world. I have the finals. The East Finals being Boston and uh, Milwaukee. 
because I still think the Bucks, as reigning champions, are still the best team in the East. Eastern Finals, you said? Yes, my East Final. Actually, you know, yeah, my East Finals are Boston, Miami. That's my Eastern Conference Finals. My West is literally exactly like yours: Phoenix versus Golden State. And here's the thing: if it's a Miami, Boston, my Finals is actually Golden State, Miami. And I, I think Golden State wins, but it, that series goes to seven. That series goes to seven, and that seventh game in Miami could go back and forth. Like it's, I could see. It would be very, very nice. I think I do think Boston and Miami are the two teams that no one's really talking about that could make it to the finals. Like, even though my, I, I think even though Miami's the number one seed in the East, they are still the most underrated, slept-on team, I think, in these entire playoffs. Who is the... Over the most overhyped team in the playoffs. Oh, I'm between two. I'll give you the most overhyped team in the East, and I'll give you the most overhyped team in the West. Overhyped in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't see Philadelphia as good as everyone does. Because unlike everyone, I don't have the recency. Bro, James Harden has not delivered in the playoffs. And just because... They are getting free throw call after free throw call. In the West, for me, it's Phoenix. I have Phoenix as the most overhyped team in the West. Like, I, I know how good Phoenix is, but can they get it done when it matters the most? I don't know. They couldn't get it done in the finals last year. And I mean, like, you're playing the Pelicans, so you're going to get a break. But really, it does come down to a Golden State and a Phoenix. I don't know if I can trust Booker and Paul and Aiton and those boys down in the land in Phoenix to get it done against the splash triplets. Like, so for me, it's Phoenix and it's Philadelphia. How about for you? All right, so in the West, hmm. I'm gonna like it's not like they're overhyped, like per se, but I think Gordon State is playing too good right now. What? Like, like something. Bad is bound to happen. You feel me? Damn. And in the east. Yeah, probably Philly, too. I'm just still processing the Golden State hot take right there. 
Wow. So basically what you're saying is this team is playing too good to be true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now I want to ask you this. With that being said, you just said Golden State is playing too good to be true and something bad's bound to happen. Do you still think this team is good enough to even make it to the finals? Yeah, but like... It was like something is going to happen to them. Are you, all like, right, by something's going to happen, I'm going to name some scenarios and I want you to tell me what is more likely. Steph Curry breaks his leg and just goes out for the year. Like, like something like that type of bad or this team loses? Probably like they lose. I mean... But I feel like if they were to lose... Someone would have to get injured. I mean, I could see why a lot of people are going to call Golden State overhyped and overrated, but this team, guy, dude, this team is playing out of their minds. And I mean, like, they won game one with a struggling Steph Curry and they won that game with ease against the reigning league MVP. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I find I, I could see why people, why you guys, why you would say Golden State, but like, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. We're so sorry, Golden State Warriors fans. I mean, like, it's not that. Please don't kill us. It's not that they're too good. It's that, like, it feels too easy. Oh, no, yeah. They're going to struggle. No, this team is definitely going to struggle. No one's saying this team is not going to... Bro, I think this is the last series that's going to go under five games for them. I think if they meet Minnesota in the next round, that's a six-game series. And for that conference... And then for the conference and semi... For the conference and finals, I believe both of those series are seven games and, like, very close seven games. I'm I'm excited to see the these these are gonna be fun playoffs. Yeah, and I can definitely say this game two is over. The Heat are winning ninety one seventy six. Yeah, yeah. Well, Miami gave Atlanta some hope and took took it. Yeah, they are up eleven. Thirty six points for Butler. Jimmy Butler putting on a clinic. A clinic. Yeah. I think the last time he had... I think he had like 21 game one? I think the last time he had like 40 points was in the finals last... Yeah. In 2020. Yeah, I mean, like this man can clearly do it, which is why I said I wouldn't be surprised if Miami made it all the way to the finals. This has been the episode of Hot Takes. This has been the podcast of Hot Takes. Long give Hot Takes. How should we have Marcus Morris? Oh my God, really? I mean, Marquise Morris. We have one of the Morris twins. Yeah. He's interested. Yeah. We have a guy named Haywood. Good for Haywood.
congratulations, Kai Wolf. All right, so uh, damn man, Golden. <laughs> yeah, it's, this one's over. Ninety-one seventy-eight. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. And the Memphis Grizzlies are up by ten. Early, early in the second quarter, forty-four thirty-four over the Timberwolves. So the Grizzlies are looking to tie the series. So now with the series tied, how do you see this one turning out? I still have the Timberwolves winning. I still think as and you know the reason I think and I've made this publicly before, I've put I've said it a lot on like Twitter and Twitter spaces and different podcasts. I don't think Memphis is as good as people say. I think they are definitely the most overrated team. The only reason I didn't put them as my overrated team and the most overrated team in the West is because I don't think they're going to make it out of the first round. Minnesota is actually, if we're going to look at it, and I'm going to go bold here, Minnesota, and I believe this all season long, they have been the better team. Minnesota's always been better than than Memphis. The only reason I think Memphis just got very lucky that John Morant is how how good he is. That kid is special. But man, I think this team is gonna get bounced out in for, in the round one. Oh my god. What's next? That is it. Now hopefully nothing major breaks after we hit anything. It's happened all it's happened. It's happened every single time we stop recording. Well Oh wait, is, do you wanna talk about it? Let's do it. Alright, so last time Last episode, after we stopped recording, we received the breaking that James Harden could be traded to L.A. for Anthony Davis and mm-hmm. and, and what else? I don't I don't remember the exact trade. I think it was. I think it was Davis, Harden, and like I think a couple picks. Let me try to pull it. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I still have it. As Bula. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm because tr- tr- I know it was on on Instagram, and my Instagram is literally now just filled with Hasbula. And I can't find it. I don't know why. I don't know where it went. It has disappeared. I actually, how about another thing we could talk about in the playoffs? The fact that Jay Crowder had one point, one rebound, one assist, one block in game one. The man loves the number one. But honestly, how how do you go a whole game with one of everything? 
I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know how you do something like that. But he managed to do it. You know what? I think that that will wrap up today's show. I think it's a very, very good way to end the show. Ironically, we also spent one minute talking about Jay Crowder. So, that was the goal. Now, Jay Crowder got a Kintapa one. Exactly. Also, Jay Crowder was also a plus 11 on the floor. (laughs) One, 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 eleven. Man, next thing you know, watch him come out to like to to his New Jersey number B, number one. (laughs) And he's number 99. He's close to 100. Man, the man is obsessed with number one. I bet his child is also probably one years old. Do you even have kids? I don't know. I don't know if he has kids. It's a weird conversation to have him over a podcast. Well, I'm. I think that is a very good way to end a very action-packed show, and I think probably what Woods has been one of our best episodes yet. So, thank you so much for watching. I mean, listening, everybody. And we will catch you all in the next time. Peace.